0: Awesome. Well, thank you for being here this morning. I love good days like today, when it's nice and cool outside. Okay, just kidding, I think it's supposed to be 92 or something, so a nice hot day. But I love the summer. I absolutely love the summer, and I'm thankful for each of you being a part and being here and hope you have good things that you're going to be doing. Yesterday, we had our men's barbecue at my house, and uh, it was a blast. In fact, there were maybe eight of us there a little early. And we were watching the storms yesterday. If you were around those storms or saw them roll in, the clouds were spectacular. It was absolutely amazing to see. And then all of a sudden, the wind came and the rain came. I mean, it was wild. But a bunch of you made it through and were able to make it out to our house. It was a lot of fun. We had a game called Can Jam that was set up, you know, thinking of sun and and all that. And some of the young people went and found it over a half a mile away from our house. That's where it had blown to, and uh, so it was amazing that they found one of them, but what a, what a storm and a great time, but a fellowship and being together, and uh, that's what it is all about, and with that, there's a couple of things that I'm really excited about that are coming up. One, it's a month and a half almost away, but the Notre Dame-Ohio State football game, I want to be sure, don't make plans on that night, because we are going to have a big tailgate party out back. Our 40-foot screen will be out on the wall. Uh, We'll just be having a great time with our groups. Going to hear more about that as well. We'd love to have all of you come hang out with us for the Ohio State Notre Dame football game, a night game uh, in September. Save the day. It's going to be a lot of fun. And leading into groups, which even before we have all of our groups finalized, even before, I want you to begin to pray about, Lord, what can I do? How can I be a part of groups? We would love to have every person that's a part of Radiant Life Church in a group because there's something we can do on Sunday morning. We can worship God. We can have excitement and energy. But there's something else about getting into each other's homes, getting into each other's lives, and we value and believe it is so important. And so we would encourage you right now to begin thinking here in a a few weeks. We're going to start talking about that. Then we would love to have you jump in, get involved. Some new groups this year or this season, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun kicking off at a, just a month of fun in September, food and games every day or every Sunday morning in September to bring friends, get people in to what God is doing. So we're looking forward to that. Also, our Teen Bible Quiz and our Junior Bible Quiz groups, they finish their seasons here the last couple weeks and looking forward to next season. Junior Bible Quiz is for our kids, I believe, fifth grade and below, Teen Bible Quiz, sixth grade and above. And if you have students and you want to get the Word of God in them, there's no better programs than Junior Bible Quiz and Teen Bible Quiz. Junior Bible Quiz, there's questions, 500 and some that they learn. In Teen Bible Quiz, they literally learn a book or multiple books of the Bible. They memorize them. Then they're, they're, they quiz on them. Uh, the discipleship track is they just learn more about them, have questions on them. And we would love to have your students be a part of Junior Bible Quiz and Teen Bible Quiz. Uh, it's just the best. Be sure to come talk to us to your leader, your kids' leaders, about how you can get involved and get your kids involved in those special and amazing ministries. This morning, we're going to continue on with Samson. We already read the story. And first of all, can you believe, is that chapter crazy? Like, just thinking about it, four times, four times, Delilah comes to him. Four times, Samson does what she wants to some degree, or at least lies about it until finally... What is wrong? Now, we could say Samson is crazy, but has anybody else ever experienced Samson, at least a little bit, maybe in you? I know I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. Every once in a while, it's like, Lord, what is wrong with me? How many times do I have to do the same thing, right? Uh, You don't have to raise your hand, but I think inside, we all could raise our hand. Like, why in the world? Now, when I was in college, uh, I played on the soccer team, because I am an amazing soccer player and athlete. Just kidding about that part. But I did play on the soccer team. And uh, I had a lot of fun. I love to, if you can't tell, passionate I hustle. That's just how I live my life. So I was no good at the skill of soccer. But I would lose the ball and then chase the guy down and get the ball back. And lose the ball and go chase the guy down and get it back. That's what my coach said. He was like, it was wild just watching you play. Not very good, but I loved it. I had fun and I would hustle. In the process, I am a person that I'm a justice person. Like what is right is right. And of course, what is right mostly, of course, has to do with the word and other things. But maybe like some of you, especially specifically 18, 19 years old, what was right was what I thought was right. It didn't really matter if I thought it was right. It was right. And everyone else is wrong. And so in soccer, there's plenty of opportunity to Be wronged in a way that you decide you need to make up for it in one way or another. I remember one specific day we were playing soccer, a game. This guy, he was way bigger than I was. He was way more skilled than I was. But I had the hustle. Uh, I I had that beat on him. And he was just bullying me basically around the soccer field. Whatever he wanted to do, I would try. He'd make me look bad. And he would push me around and just, I felt like he was getting away with it all day long. And so I decided I was sick of that. So I decided I was going to take this dude out, which probably is not what you should do. If you play soccer, probably not the the goal. But I found the perfect opportunity. The ball was coming. I just kind of whiffed on the ball and took out his legs and he went flying and he was way bigger once again than me. I felt really good, like really good about this, right? Some of you are like, I can't believe you did that. You know, today, maybe you go to jail. I'm not sure what would happen, but. That was 20 years ago. I took this guy out, and the rest of the game, I'm going to be real, this guy did not treat me the same as before I did that. And I was super thrilled with myself. I got a yellow card because I just straight took the guy out. I probably could have got a red card, like looking back at it. I don't even know if the ball, it was there, but I didn't make a great attempt because I just want to take the dude out. And I was super proud of myself because I never gotten a yellow card. I stood up for myself. It, you know, it was just a good thing. And in a different game, the ref, have you ever watched a football game, or in this case, soccer game, where a ref just didn't get all the calls right? Once again, based on you and your opinion, me and my opinion, this ref man, he was not getting it right, and I felt it was my job for the whole time, basically, to tell this ref that he was doing a poor job. So that's exactly what I did. I didn't, I never have been a cusser, I don't cuss, I don't do those things, I didn't say anything that was like inappropriate except for the fact that if you're telling somebody they stink at their job that's inappropriate you know so it was one of those days I just I kind of lost it just a bit but I for some reason left and felt really good about myself just like taking this dude out I was like I am awesome this is wonderful I stood up for myself you know all this then I get into the car on the way home from the soccer game and uh, the girl's driving with me there were a few in the car but one specifically and she basically told me You should be ashamed of yourself. That is not how a Christian would act in any manner. And you really, you need to think about how you're behaving. And I, because I was a great man of faith and power, was like, I am way better Christian than you are. You can keep your mouth shut. I don't really care what you have to say. Like literally that's about how the conversation went. Uh, Guess what? Probably none of those three things were good things or God uh, honoring things, right? We could all agree with that. You don't take people out, even if whatever's going on, you don't try to injure them, which he was too big, he did not get injured. I probably got more injured from me taking him out than he did, actually, but you don't yell at the refs, what's that do? You don't make, kind of, you don't just embarrass yourself, truly, because they're not doing what they should do. Someone trying to help you, you don't shut them down and call yourself a better Christian, which right away tells you your heart's not doing very well. Right in this spot, I saw all of this happening, but I was like, I still am right. Like, that was my feeling. So we got back to the college, had dinner, hung out, did whatever the things we do as college students, and I went to bed, and when I laid my head on the pillow, that's when I was quiet for the first time after all this, and God spoke pretty clearly. Basically, the same words that this girl spoke to me, what are you doing? That's not how... A follower of me would act in any of the three situations and there's times in our life when we realize that how we naturally are wired our passion or how we naturally wired even the things we struggle with uh, how we naturally are wired sometimes are helpful and sometimes can get us in trouble can pull us away from what God has And we look at the life of Samson, we see repeatedly in 14 and 15 and now 16, we see a guy that allowed uh, girls, allowed beauty, allowed anything almost to get in the way of his relationship with God, uh, specifically in front of his Nazarite vow. I'm not going to touch dead things. I'm not going to eat grapes or drink uh, alcohol. I'm not going to be around these things. As a person of Israel, I'm not going to intermarry with those that are not Israelites. Like all of these different areas, different things, he repeatedly did against and went against what God had. Specifically when it came to women or people, ladies that he saw were beautiful. In the first verse here of 16, we see it. it says, what he went to Gaza and there he saw a prostitute and he went into her. Just like a normal verse, like, oh yeah, of course, that's what Samson did. And there's there's this moment of realizing in our lives how we can compartmentalize or we can put God in boxes. We can stack up our own little boxes. Sunday morning box, you know, I hope it's a little bit bigger than my sin box, but this is my Jesus box, but this box, like, don't touch that box. No one needs to see it. Maybe we hide it. We put it away. We want it to be somewhere else. It's so easy that it just is in here like Samson went and saw a prostitute. Samson then, what, goes and sees Delilah and sees a a, a woman and wants what he sees. This process of I want what I want and my call, my vow to the Lord, who I am, what a follower of Jesus is today and in their day as an Israelite, what they were called to, it doesn't matter as long as I get what I want and desire. That's what we see here in the life of Samson. He had these boxes of his life. He had these compartments of his life. And the more that you look at his life, you realize you can't just compartmentalize it and say this is what it is and live a blessed life. Sometimes in our life, there might be moments where we say, oh, there's this blessing that came to me, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm living the blessed life of God. What do I mean? Here in just these first few verses, it says that Samson lay till midnight, and at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and pulled them up, bar and all, and put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. What does this mean? It means that Samson had the power of the Holy Spirit working in him even after he went with a prostitute, after he was doing what he should not have been doing. He had these boxes and these things, but there was a, looked like a blessing, but he wasn't living the blessed life that God had for him. As we continue to read, we see the pain. In the last few chapters, we see the pain of what he lived through because he would not give everything to God. How often is it possible that we do the same thing and in our boxing off our life or compartmentalizing who we are, we see what looks like a blessing, but then we realize and we know that it's not God's blessing. It's stuff, maybe people, maybe fun, maybe even fun for a season, but not what God has called us to be or who he's called us to be. We have to understand that that Jesus has claim over your entire life, And that is a radical change of perspective. We must know it's not just portions of who I am, but Jesus, every part of who I am, I offer to you. And Samson specifically with the Nazarite vow, that was a lifelong calling, even from the womb that his mom followed before he was was born into the life, when he was in uh, his mom's belly, that he was called and he continually chose to go the other way. And I want to ask us, are we, are you a person that we choose to put God in a certain box and we give it to him and maybe it's even large? But I don't want to give everything. I don't want to give all of it because what if he asked me to do something? What if he asked me to to go somewhere? What if he asked me to to maybe make a change? Or what if I can't uh, date this person? Or if I can't be friends in the same way? Or if I I have to stop talking about people in a certain way? Or or speaking in a a different way? All of the things of our life. Lord, what do I do? If I decide I'm going to give everything. It changes. It changes my life. It changes your life. Because in the life of Samson, we see that there wasn't only this boxed portion, but that he became bound by what his personal feelings and his desires were. We read over and over and over again of Delilah, this one that he loved. The Delilah, the one that all of a sudden has an offer for 1100 pieces of silver from each one of the men that would be maybe uh, looking at it maybe 140 pounds of silver that would be coming up like that's a lot is what we're trying to say she wanted money she didn't want samson and all of a sudden what samson was bound by this beautiful woman who didn't have his best interest in mind didn't have him and even love for him in mind he put himself in a place where he was no longer free Sometimes at church we sing songs that talk about breaking chains, breaking things off, breaking addiction, getting stuff away. Why? It might even be if you're newer to church or maybe even you've been a long time. You're like, I think it's weird to sing about those things. Why? Because it's important that we don't let our lives be bound by things of the world, by sin or by our own desires. It's important that we give God every part of us. Because if not, I'm going to find myself in a place where I know it's not right. I know it's not good. I'm bound in a way that I'm going to keep doing what I want, even though I know. It's impossible that Samson didn't know what was going to happen if he finally gave the, over, uh, the, the truth of his strength. Right? Delilah asked three times, before the final time so ask four times and each time samson gives her a lie each time samson says this is it and what happens that very night she does to him exactly what it is there's a group of people it's obvious that she's trying to ensnare him and when we're bound by things in our life so often we know what's right we know what's good we know what we should do but we're bound and we don't care anymore We're bound because we've got it in a box. And we say, well, my box is going to be fine. I don't don't have to worry about it. But when we do, we bring pain into our life. And Delilah continued to come at him. Continued. Tell me the great strength. Tell me what happened. In in, in verse 10 a second time. You've mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me me how you might be bound. The next one. In verse 13, then Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me a lie. Tell me how you might be bound. Something that we see here in this this portion is probably Samson, who I would think of as looking like a big he-man, like bodybuilder on World's Strongest Man competition or something, like you'd think he had to be, right? He had to be a big, huge guy because he was so strong. I think the exact opposite as you look. Everybody's like, how can you possibly be so strong? In fact, maybe if you think of Samson, hopefully not the sin part, but the other, maybe you're looking at Pastor Chris, like Samson, a dude that looks like me. Like, I'm not going to be carrying no pillars and beams of the city gate, right? That's not going to happen. I think Delilah and the people are like, how in the world can you do all that you're doing? How in the world can you have that great strength? how in the world is it possible? And you know, when we think of our life, I believe that God wants to give you something, and he has given you something, that it's like, how do you accomplish that? How can you do that? How can you do and and be an encouragement in that area? How can you make a difference in that person's life? Whatever it might be, God wants to pour those things into you. He doesn't want to give a blessing of fun stuff, although that might be on there as well. But he wants to bless your life and be in a place where someone might say, how in the world? You've been gifted. You've been blessed. You've been called. That's what Samson was. It wasn't because he worked out so much. Because we are going to see when it was gone, when the spirit left, it was gone. It's not about you, but it's about what God does in your life. And when we break out of being bound, when we get out of the compartments, We get to walk in the fullness of what God has called us to do, what he's called you to do. I want to be sure you know it's not about Pastor Chris on a Sunday morning preaching the word. It's about you being in the word on Tuesday and Sunday and Monday, every day. It's about you and your relationship. It's not about a pastoral team and our gifting. And I love that we have different people and different strengths. And I love our team right now. We're having a ton of fun. It's not about us. It's about what has God called you to do, even to the point where God blesses and you're like, whoa, how is it working this way? People might ask you and you're like, uh, the Lord is doing it. I'm just trying to say yes. But when you allow bondage instead of breaking free, you will be held back from the life you are meant to live. And I don't want anybody that's a part of his church, any party part of this church to be held back because of the compartments and the bondage in our life. You can break free. God wants to help you celebrating and remembering communion and what Jesus did. That's all about our sin being gone, delivered, free, and whole. That's what he has for you. Don't hold on to those things. Don't continue to live in those places, but put people around you that can push you forward. Delilah said, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me. And those words, just thinking about them. You know, I think of all the people, Samson showed that his heart was with Delilah, that he would even do crazy things, like tell the str- his strength, the source of that. So often in our life, when we think about the difficult things or the the sin or the the just things we do that may not be what we want, it's like, oh man, there's a love for this. They have a love for me or... The, all the time sin it never comes through the love that is from sin never comes through the the care for what we aren't supposed to do never comes through because sin hurts it is pain that's what sin is all about that's why we're called not to walk in sin because it hurts us or hurts someone else there's something about realizing that delilah was not trying to help samson Even though Samson had to have known, he still did it. And it's time to realize that when sin in our life or hurt or people that are not pushing in the right direction, it's time to realize, no, I'm not going to fall for the same things I've fallen for before. I'm not going to go outside of the word of God. I'm going to walk in freedom. Because we see as we go that there's betrayed, a betrayal that came. Obviously from, uh, from Delilah, but even more than that, I think there was a betrayal from Samson to himself. There was a betrayal from Samson to what God had called him to. There was a betrayal from, from him and, and what the Lord was doing in him. It says, when she pestered him day daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death, that he told her all his heart. He gave in one more time. He gave over one more time, betrayed his Nazarite vow, betrayed who he was betrayed his calling, and although we've seen God continue to use Samson, and I'll give you a spoiler alert, next week God's going to use him again in the rest of this chapter, but he thought I could just do what I want to do, and there comes a moment when there's a moment of decision, when there's a moment of even talking about that justice, not that we take it out on the ref of the place, and that doesn't matter, but when God, and we're going to stand before him, Whether it be in heaven someday, which is going to happen, or even on this earth, Samson had this moment where the spirit left him. He had betrayed the things of God. And all of a sudden, his strength was gone. You always will have the choice of betraying yourself or faithfulness to the God who gives you strength. And I want you to hear today that it's not about your own thing. It's not about your own desires. It's about the faithfulness to God. He gives you strength. He pours out his blessing. Which means, Lord, when I want to do my own thing, would you help me? Would you help us be a people that we understand that when I go apart from your word, when I leave your word, when I walk the other direction, that my strength is going to fail. Because my strength is not in me, it's in him. Your strength is not in how good you are or how great you were raised or, or your great job or any of those things. No, your strength comes from Jesus. Your, your strength comes from above, and we can't betray the one who gives us strength. It says that he got her to fall asleep, or she got him to fall asleep on his knee, that they cut off his hair, and then it says that she began to torment him. And I think sometimes we don't understand that she, he was being tormented all the way across. That when we are, are walking on the edge or when we're walking in a place we shouldn't be, there's a tormenting that is happening. But here in the end, it becomes clear because he no longer has strength. He no longer has the Holy Spirit. He no, no longer knows what is happening. And she could torment him to the point where he, he could even uh, not realize that his strength was God. He didn't know. His hair was cut. And uh, I think we know, his hair didn't have anything to do with his strength, but his consecration to the Lord had to do. And that was a sign of that. And Lord, help us be a a group that we don't betray what you're doing. We stay consecrated. We do our best to live holy before you. And thank the Lord that Jesus on the cross, what we remembered earlier, he gives us wholeness. So Lord, I'm not going to turn away from you, but I'm going to turn towards you. So we see that he was boxed, he was bound, he was betrayed. He wasn't blessed in those things. Finally, he was broken. Verse 20 sums it up. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as, as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And when I think about this whole story, those, that, that verse, those last few words are the saddest part of this whole deal. You could say it's sad because he was weak, sure, that's, that's sad. It's sad because the Lord had left him, I mean, 100%. But what gets me above any of that is he did not even know. He wasn't walking with the Lord to know that his strength has left him. He didn't even realize what had taken place. He hadn't walked in the consequences of his sin up until this point, And all of a sudden, he gave away the last thing, his hair. And the spirit removed his hand from Samson. He was broken. He was in need of his Savior. He was in need of God. And I want to encourage us here today, is there something in your life, is there something that we're giving over and we're giving over, and if by chance we're in a place where we don't even know what God would ask or what God would want, we don't even know, then I want to encourage you, I would beg you, come back to what the Lord has for you. Come back to living a blessed life, not the blessing stuff, but a blessed life guided by Jesus. That the Holy Spirit will move you and walk with you and guide you and direct you. And I believe when the Holy Spirit removes his hand, you know if you're in tune. There is no doubt about it. But when we don't, then we can get and we think we're walking in the Lord and we're not even spending time with him. We're not walking with him. We're not doing what he's called. And we want to step out in some faith moment and we don't even realize that we haven't been walking with the Lord in a long time. And I don't want any of us to be those sorts of people. And that's why I would hopefully you take it as a a straight word from God today. That if you are far from him, if you are lost, if you don't know, today is the day to come back. Say, I want to walk the blessed life of my creator. I want to walk the life that he has given me because of what he did on the cross. I want to walk the blessed life because my sin no longer is what God looks at. It's Jesus, and therefore I'm not going to leave his side. And I'm I'm so thankful that today, if you've been struggling, today, if you feel weak, maybe even today, if you say, I feel like I'm where Samson is and I'm broken, the Lord has left me, the Spirit's left me, that he is waiting on you to return. He hasn't gone anywhere. We leave, and he, when we come back, he is ready to welcome you back, which means, Lord, what is it that I need to do today? What is it that you need to offer him today if you feel like you're far from the Lord? And I would pray that every one of us, this week I've been praying, Lord, is there anything in my life that's in a box, that's compartmentalized, that I, I maybe am hiding it from others? Lord, I, Lord, get rid of it. I don't want it. Is there any area of my life that's bound and I need to give it up to the Lord? Is there any area of my life where I betrayed you and myself because I'm not sticking to your word? Is there any area of my life where I'm broken? If so, church, let's give it to the Lord and watch him pick us up and restore your strength. What we're going to see next week, God didn't leave him there. God didn't leave him in that spot, but the spirit returned when Samson came back to the Lord. When Samson said one more time, God, one more time. Let's give the Lord, whatever that might be today. So Lord, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for the truth of your word. And Lord, we want to be, I pray as a group, we want to be challenged to look more like you and talk more like you and act more like you. Lord, we want to do what you've called us to do and be who you've called us to be. So we pray today that we would not live the life of Samson, periodic moments where Holy Spirit, you move through us. We want that, but God, we want to live for you and walk in you in all things. Lord, not just every once in a while, but all day, every day. God, would you lead us and guide us? Would you help us to be in tune with you? Would you help us to flee from evil, flee from what we should not do? Lord, if our eyes are looking at things they shouldn't be, maybe like Samson, if our emotions are are going to things like they shouldn't, like Samson, or maybe if it's our mouth and what we say or, or, or what we put into our bodies or maybe how we speak about somebody, Lord, whatever it might be, anything within us, deceit or or lying or envy God, anything, God, take it from us. We don't want those things. We want to know you. We want to love you. And we want to live a blessed life. Lord, not to get caught up in blessing and and things and stuff. But Lord, we want to live a blessed life in you. And I'm thankful, God, that then you pour out a blessing on all things, on all areas. God, we offer you every part of us. Lord, so we can know you, so we can experience you, and so our world can come to you because they follow us into your presence. Lord, thank you for Samson, for the word that challenges us. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross and that you sit at the right hand of the Father after rising again, interceding for us. There's nothing too big. No one's too far, and we thank you, Jesus, for that. We love you. We give you praise, glory, and honor.